0: Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petri. This episode of Slam the Gavel is sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A child protective services case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist by CPS Protect. You can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and aren't sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code SLAMMTHEGABLE for 10% off your first year of urgent assist. And this is available in all 50 states. I have another announcement. Bradley's mother narco school and passed away five months ago. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to the Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will then be taken away from the only family he has ever known. Please call Governor Hogel, New York State at 518 518- 474-8390. That's 518-474-8390. To please keep Bradley here safe in these United States. Hashtag keep bradley safe. I'm happy to have a brand new guest on. I have Kajal Emmett on. Her she was born in New Delhi, India. And before the age of four, she was abandoned and left in the street where she took a train trying to make her way back home. Eventually, she was picked up by a police officer and brought to an orphanage in Ashram, India. At the age of four, she was adopted by an American family and she was placed in foster care where she was then 15 years old and remained there until she aged out at 21. She was the only foster child who has completed the entire Elks Aid More program. Her passion in life is to fight for the rights of young foster children in the system. She understands what it's like to be in foster care, and she wants to provide opportunities for these young children to have and share their voices, as well as be a positive example for them, to navigate through this system. And she's ready to take on all the challenges that come along with advocating for foster care children. And she also would like to thank Jesus for leading her and guiding her on the right step. And she's so grateful for Jesus for allowing her to go through this and what she went through so she can help other kids who have been affected by the foster care system. And it's time now to take a stand. When what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who be against us? Romans 8.31. I welcome you, Kajal Emmett. I'm so glad you're on. I'm so proud to have you on my podcast. And how did you become involved with Rescue the Fosters?
1: Um. So basically how I get involved with Rescue the Fosters is so around like from 15, I was that's when I first got in the system. And the reason why I was in there was because of abuse, sexual, uh, se- sexual abuse. And then from 15, so I went to three places. I went to a foster home and then a, a group home and then another group home. And then once I basically left that group home, I did go into IOP. I had my own apartment, everything, but it just wasn't working. So I realized they kind of make it very hard for you to like maintain the apartment So then that's where I basically started the whole rescue the foster because it was hard for me to, you know, defend for myself because it was hard to be stable because you've been conditioned to live in a survival mode. So that's when, you know, I felt like I had nowhere to go after the apartment because I couldn't afford it. So I was like, all right, I got to do something different because I know I'm not the only uh, child in foster care that goes through this because a lot of them, they have a hard time maintaining housing because of the fact that they might not always have, you know, up to date employment because things happen, you know, and they don't really have good support system and they're still dealing with trauma. So, you know, I told myself, all right, I I'm I want to give back. I want I don't want a, a lot of the kids that are going through the same thing that I went through to have to go through that again. So that's where that's where um. I basically started Rescue the Foster because I want them to have an opportunity to feel like they have a good support system. They have someone who can be a voice and advocate for them. So they they're not just alone, abandoned on these streets, mm-hmm. you know, because anything can happen to them. They can get sex trafficked. they can get abused, they can commit suicide, they can go to prison, you know, numerous of things can happen. And people think, Like, oh, just because you're 21 doesn't mean that it can't happen to just a young 21-year-old. Anything can happen to anybody at any age.
0: And people don't realize that until, unfortunately, they go through that or they have a friend that goes through that. Right. And the impact of the trauma that on certain, you know, foster kids, you know, I just feel my heart goes out to them. Because, you know, from what I've been gathering from these podcasts I've been doing is when, you know, you age out and some of these kids want to start a family of their own, then they have CPS haunting them again. What do you think of that?
1: My my thing on that is I it's just hard for, you know, the child that just got out of foster care and now they're trying to have a family, it, it it can be very difficult, because like I said, it goes back to, yes, like traumas are going to be there. And yes, of course, we have to learn how to cope to them and get through it. But tra- sometimes traumas take years, they don't just take a magic wand or something, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 um, and I think it's also like, for me, like I'm learning, it can be hard for me to trust people too sometimes, because you know, you never know, like, People can have good intentions, but not always, they could have good intentions, but they do that just to get by, to get close to you, to use you, whatever mm-hmm. situation. So, and I think it's, it can be very hard when, especially you're just trying to live a normal life and CP is trying to keep coming back. And my heart goes out for those, uh the families too, because it's like, they just want to break. They want a normal life. They want to live, you're right. you know, it and it's like they're already done with cps they don't want to have to deal with cps again and i feel like cps just does that partially because they want to make more money Mm -hmm. they want to make more family miserable and they want to give the same you know family whether it's the mom or the dad whoever they want their own child to go through the same thing that they went through Mm -hmm. and i just don't i just i've that's just so devastating. I don't get why you would want to do that.
0: No, I don't either. I mean, well, I know there's state incentives as to why they are, you know, like you know, that they're doing this to pull money and a child is worth X amount of dollars in each different state, but I can't believe we're we're at, you know, putting money on people's heads.
1: Right. Well, my thing is, it's it's not that I don't understand. It's more so of like the mental stage. It's like, you know, like we can, I mean, I understand it's about the money and they need to get all that. But it's the fact that they don't even have like they're not even they're conscious. It's like it's not there. That's what I mean. Like their mental stage is not there. They're, they're just like, I believe that they are, you know, being a puppet for the enemy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because of course Satan is the one that's pulling the strings, but he uses people, the his goons, people to run his show, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of the CPS people and other people that are a part of the government, and things like that, they are being used by him, right? You know, and and like I'm not. Like, of course, there's some good people in the foster care system. Of course, there's still some good people that work in the government, you know. But, you know, we're not really talking about the good people because we're talking more about the exposure of what's going on, you know. And even the good people always get the ones that get persecuted the most. Because, you know, we're just trying to be out here doing the right thing, take care of our kids, you know, make sure we're not, you know, doing the wrong things. We're trying to live by the law that The Lord created for us to live, you know, and that's like what we're focused on. And unfortunately, like sometimes we get in situations that the enemy will try to use against us. And we got to, you know, like for me, what really helped me stay grounded through the system. And even now, like it's just staying grounded in God's word and Jesus (laughs) Christ. And of course, there's still some moments where you're going to have like, you're going to slip up, you're going to mess up. But, you know, God is always there to pick you back up.
0: Mm-hmm. and and you know I'm sure these young people coming out in of foster care and you know they they need to have some type of religious background of some kind I I don't know you know if foster parents take them to church or they teach them about God I I, I don't know um I mean I know for me
1: like when I was at my first foster home, my foster parent, she was, you know, she had a good relationship with God. She went to church. So, you know, she wouldn't force us to go to church if we didn't want to. Since I grew up going to church and learning about Jesus and everything like that, I was very, you know, I, I enjoyed going to church. Mm-hmm. And then I know like in my the group home before that, after that, I met we also were able to go to church. Like, honestly, every place I went to, I had the option to go to church or not.
0: Mm-hmm. They never
1: forced it on you. It's always up to you. But I always made the, you know, the choice to go, the decision mm-hmm. to go. So, yeah.
0: And I'm sure they, they don't want to force it on a young person. Right. Um, it's just, you know, um, it seems like these a lot of these foster kids though, at least the ones that i have met are like just you know ships sailing on an ocean not having any type of navigation and not really it's just going where the wind takes them and right. they're you know very vulnerable and i just find that so sad that we're we're um allowing cps to remove children from fit homes
1: right
0: and putting them in a position where they are could be in a very, very bad, uh, you know, situation, uh, shoved into a foster home where um, uh, they're referred to as a car payment.
1: Yeah, I mean, my thing is when I was in the system, you know, I wasn't really aware of all those things at first. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're you're fresh out, you know, you're plus you're a kid, you're not really focused on that aspect of it, because one, your mind can't really grasp it to the extent of like how I can grasp it now. But, you know, even as a kid, we are still smart. Don't get me wrong. We could tell, like, in in our spirits or in our gut, will tell us, like, okay, something feels weird about this place. Like, okay, why are these people acting like this? Oh, wait, what? What? Like, something, like, like you can just sense something is going wrong. So, like, kids Mm -hmm. were aware, especially the girls that I were around when I was in the group homes, they were aware that, you know, some of them were very aware that, oh, we're just here for money, we're just here for profit. Oh, like, a lot of the kids were very smart. So... Mm -hmm. um. Yeah, like it's just devastating how we have really taken the idea of, well, you know, I can have a kid and I can also make money on top of that. Mm-hmm. And and then what tends to happen is we focus so much on the money that we take our eyes and focus off the kid mm-hmm. because we're so we're so like. Okay, I need money. I need money because you know, we're trying to fill our own desires. We want our own stuff. We want we want the desires that we have in our own hearts. You know, like, oh, I got to get a new house. I got to get a new car. I got to And my thing is there's nothing wrong with all of that as long as like you have a balance, you know? Like 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 my thing is focus on the kids too. It gets to a point where you've talked you've you focus your eyes off of the kid and don't even realize what you're doing to that kid because I know for a fact if that was you, you wouldn't want the same. And that's what happens. A lot of, I've even heard a lot of older people that have a lot more wisdom than me have told me, like, yeah, I didn't have a really good relationship with my parents. I didn't have a really good relationship with my siblings, or I didn't have a really good relationship with my grandparents, or just people in my family. And the reason why that is, is because people don't take the time. We focus so much on working, we focus so much on making money, we so we focus so much prioritizing the bigger like bigger thing that we think is bigger, when really the smaller things is what matters, like family bonding, having love and nurture in the house, you know, like having a good relationship with Jesus or, you know, just doing those things. And we've, we've taken our eyes off of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of selfish and greedy people out there.
1: Yes, there is like, Mm -hmm. they only care about themselves. And, you know, I don't even, I don't know. Like for me, I know my thing is if I want to help someone, it's not out of my own desires because I want to expect something bad. Of course, our human minds can going to be like, oh, well, hopefully I get something back, Or, Oh, no, I need to get something back if I do this. But, you know, I just try to help people. The, like I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me to those people mm-hmm. that need help. You know, like I try to, you know, I don't force people about what I believe on them. I just tell them this is what happened. This is my life story. And this is how Jesus has helped me overcome all of this. And so, but yeah, you're right. It goes back to people are very greedy. They only care about themselves. And and that's also where we are at this stage right now. Because, you know, if people really, I do believe people are slowly waking up to the evilness that is going on. But it's also going to take a lot more too, because right now, I do see some people are, they just care about their TV shows. They just care about, oh well, I just worked a nine to five and I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And, and we gotta, we gotta wake up to what's really going on. Like our kids are getting raped, they're getting tortured, they're getting sacrificed, like they're getting aborted. And it's like, I understand we look at, at on a religious aspect, but it's not really a religious aspect. It's like if your own kid was going through that. If your own family went through that, how would you feel? I know you would feel devastated, mm-hmm. you know? So we got to really just start waking up. And I've also realized that with talking to people about certain things, you kind of have to say it in a way where they can understand it mm-hmm. because it's going to take, it's going to, it's going to take them time to digest everything, you mm-hmm. know? So we also have to speak Speak to people in a way where they can understand it and um so I know when I talk to people about the foster care system like when they hear I'm in the foster care system their heart drops Mm. because it's like that like not just because like you know oh I'm in foster care and they feel bad for me but it's because I know deep down it just it it touches people I know it does you know, and, and that's why I like talking about it because we gotta talk about the corruption. We gotta talk about the, the stuff that's going on. Because if we don't, who else will?
0: Right. Absolutely right. I I know a lot of people want to avoid uncomfortable topics and just want to talk about, you know, happy things. And you know, I guess I'm not superficial. I want to talk about the things that really matter. You, people, other kids in foster care. I hate foster care. You know, I just want to see an end to family court, foster care, and CPS. If I could have that in my lifetime, I'd be really thrilled. (laughs) You know, because these kids are these kids are suffering. Um, And I know that some kids need to be removed from horrible homes. Okay. Right. I know this happens but then I'm also hearing a lot of kids that should not have been removed that were taken out of good fit homes.
1: Well, yes, because what tends to happen is, okay. So I'll share a little bit about my story. So, um, I got in foster care when I was 15 and. Okay. I'm going, I have to go a little bit backtrack my bad. Um, so, and I was with my adopted family from four to 15 before I got in foster care, right? You know, of course, I was a kid. I was having fun. You know, kids are supposed to have fun. They're supposed to go outside, enjoy live playing, da-da-da. And then, unfortunately, around, around like, I want to say 9, 10 to 11, some, sometime, I don't remember the age, quite frankly, when it comes to middle school age. I just know it was around middle school time. Um. You know, I was getting abused by my brother, mm. you know, sexually abused by him. And it wasn't even my biological brother. It was my adopted brother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that really put a toll on me. You know, I started acting out. I started getting very rebellious. Mm-hmm. But it was also, I, n- I never told my adopted family what was going on. Because partially because I thought that they, I was thinking they were going to think I was lying. Mm-hmm. I was just making things up or like oh they're just you know they weren't gonna really support me in the way mm-hmm. you know so that's my mindset of it as a kid so I held it in so that went on for about what three or four years and then eventually it got to the point where I was at church one day I had to end up telling I had to end up you know telling my parents and the reason how that happened was because I was at church I was talking to somebody from there she's like you need to tell your parents I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to. I don't. She's like, no, if this is going on, like, you need to tell them. So I was like, okay. So I end up telling my adoptive parents. Of course, it's not a news that any parent wants to hear.
0: Mm-hmm. But I
1: had to tell them, partially because of my own safety, the safety of the family, and the safety of my brother. Well, you know how it goes, basically. Mm-hmm. So I end up telling them. And I felt like my dad really didn't do anything. Um, I mean, the only thing that they did they would talk to my brother and they kind of like separated us. But then that's when I really started running away mm-hmm. because I felt like the situation really didn't get handled the best. Mm-hmm. So I ran away and I ran away for about like like three days. um and of course, most kids or most, you know people are gonna be like, well, KK, where are you gonna run away to? Mm-hmm. at the time, I had a boyfriend. So of course, I ran there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and um. You know, I, I, my parents were looking for me, and then they didn't find me until I went back to school. That's not always the smartest move to go back. To school. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my parents were looking for me at school, and um I ended up like AWOL, because I was like, no, I don't want to go back home. And of course, defects came to the school saying like, oh, well, if you keep running away, we're going to put you in foster care. Mm-hmm. So... Then matter after that happened, I kept running away. And of course, you know, the police officer, they handcuffed me. I went to Juvenaggio. And this is something I also want to bring to the light is I don't I really don't understand why the, the kid that is the victim, that is the one getting abused, is the one that has to go get locked up. Like, I understand I was running away and I got like two other like misdemeanor charges. But still, and that's what I want to shed the light is what tends to happen is the ones that are the victim are always the ones that get treated like differently. They always are the one that gets, you know, the blame. They're the ones that have to go through the consequences and things like that. And I don't I don't get that part. I really don't. So I wanted to tell your audience like that is what happens a lot of times, even with the parents. They end up having, like, the parents that are fighting for their kid back, the other, you know, the ex or whoever is they're going against, the one that is the good parent is always the one getting caught up, getting in trouble when really they're not even doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, they're blaming them for all these different things. So that's what I wanted to basically, like, talk about is I end up having to go to juvenile jail. I went there for, like, about five days. I got out and... I was placed in a foster home. And then this is another thing that I want to also shed light is, so like for my doctor brother, he didn't end up, you know, it took a while for him to get locked up. Mm. And this is another thing I want to also bring up is that even if the other person that is the one that's causing the harm to the victim, like I said, it goes back to what I was just saying. They are the ones The victim is the one that gets into trouble the most, right? Mm -hmm. But then, I don't know, eventually later, then that's when they want to decide for the one that was causing it to end up going to jail. Like, I don't know if I'm making sense.
0: Mm -hmm. It takes them a while, too. Yes, and that's what I don't And Or it might not even take them a while.
1: They might not even do anything to the other person. Right. Like, they can live out here freely, do whatever they want, while the one that is actually trying to do right is the one that has to
0: suffer. I don't know why that is. I know exactly what you're saying. It's like justice doesn't come fast enough for the one causing the pain.
1: Right. It doesn't. And sometimes I've also heard that a lot of the parents, it gets too much to them. Like the ones that are doing the right thing, like trying to follow the orders, trying to follow the court orders, trying to, you know, abide by the rules that they are given and what tends to happen, it gets so much to the point where the parent either have a heart attack or they'll commit suicide because it's like it's so much stress on the parent that's just trying to do the right thing and they're trying mm-hmm. to fight for their kid back. And that's another thing that tends to happen is or even the child, they might commit suicide because, you know, all the child wants to do sometimes is not not sometimes some kids
0: mm-hmm.
1: will commit suicide because all they wanted to do was just to go home and be set free.
0: From
1: the system mm-hmm. so yeah so, I just wanted to talk about that
0: yeah uh, and I think this happens I think it happens more frequently than we were led on to believe right you know, I I just don't know what to think uh I'm you know I I know that you know like for instance like in family court a judge will order the parent to take the kid to counseling because they are su- having suicidal thoughts and that parent will not do it out of spite to the fit parent, just to prove a point. And then when this happens, and they find this kid at you know, any, any age, from this can happen at any age, the judge doesn't penalize the parent that he ordered to take this kid to counseling. I don't know why this is happening. No, no one's there's no accountability.
1: Oh, of course. And that's another thing I wanted to bring up is that they don't want to be held accountable. Like they're the accountability is lost and Mm -hmm. we have to bring that back. And part of how we do that is train people the right way, hold people accountable, you know, like when it comes to like the whole, like we, um, you know, when CPS comes knocking at your door, like we have to be trained for all of these things, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that's how we fight back, you know, is, Hold CPS accountable, you know, get trained in different um, you know, situations so that we're well prepared for all the things that they're trying to throw at us. You know, because they're trying to use things against us, mm-hmm. and we're over here just trying to do the right thing,
0: you know. You know, and I think for a parent to be prepared, um, you know, like say someone's been through foster care and then now they're raising a family of their own, they've got to be prepared for when CPS comes knocking at their door. What do you think? You know, some people say, you know, say, don't let them in.
1: Well, I mean, I do agree with that. Don't let them in. And you know, also make if it, it don't let them into your house. Make sure they have a court order. But like I said, it goes back to sometimes how they like to lie, they like to Mm-hmm. you know yeah. lie about the court order that might even be you know, the real court order. they might just sign it and that see and that's the hard part is like we're just gonna have to research and do certain things that because like like how it comes with a fake 100 bill like you know like there's got to be ways where we can figure out how it's fake or not i mean but my my suggestion is just don't let this um people in because that's when you let them in that's when they start taking control of everything and I get it like it it it, it's easy to be very fooled Mm -hmm. especially with all the deception and lies that are going on you know a lot of times we just fall for anything and I get it I get it I understand like so it's we just really gotta you know go through training and things like that Mm -hmm. or find a good support system that can help, help you out. You know, like, that's why we're trying to, you know, we're teaming up with other people too, to help so that we can give the right resources to parents and families and foster kids, because, you know, we don't want them to go through the same things that they went through before. So, you know, it's just, we all got to come together and teach classes, different, you know, courses that we can help people out.
0: Yeah and it seems like everyone should be taking these courses i hate to say it like by the age of 18 to be no, trained already before you know whether you're in, you've been in foster care or not to have classes on what to do if this should happen right
1: well see that's the thing you know it, it like i've also realized you know we tend to wanna use our money for courses or things that are not really helping us you know and that's why for me i've been trying to one like focus on where i spend my money at because you know i want to so so into a uh an organization or a company that's really going to help and actually care about the citizens because we like i don't know if a lot of people are aware of but there are some companies that really do not care like a lot of these companies, they support abortion. They support these different things. That's why we have to really do our research, you
0: know? Yeah. And they're not looking out for their fellow man. I they're guess not. I'm really big into looking out for my fellow man. You know, I, you know, I'm not a lawyer. If someone asks advice, you know, I tell them, you know, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but this is what I would do. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you got to try to help someone when they can't even afford a lawyer or they have got right. eight of them and no one's helping. And that's just it. People get so frustrated because no one's helping and companies that are supposed to be supporting the right thing aren't doing what they should be doing. Right. Uh, it's so frustrating.
1: It is frustrating. Like it, it's frustrating to even find you know a person that will do what they say they're going to do and actually you know hold held up their bargain you know mm-hmm. and and i and i understand you know like it also comes with you know the trust thing you know it's hard to trust people these days but you know also you know that's why we got to use our discernment too and I, I mean i understand like there's a lot of situations where why you know we're fearful and things like that mm-hmm. but don't get me wrong. There are actually a lot of good people out here. It's just, you know, sometimes it's hard to find because we tend to see more of the corruption and things like that, but there are good people out here now that are doing it mm-hmm. for the right reason that are trying to fight for these kids are trying to fight for our country. And, you know, yeah, I believe more people are standing up than they were before.
0: I agree with you. I agree. And, um, You know, even educating people, talking to people about foster care and other systems. Uh, I, I don't mind talking to people, you know, and educating people. Oh,
1: me either. Like this past weekend, um... I had to just like sit down and talk to my pastor like normal, just have normal conversation, but say it stayed in a way where he could digest it. You know, like I try not to go so deep where he couldn't understand because what tends to happen is when we talk to people, their mind might not be able to grasp that yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just told him bits and pieces like, yeah, I was in the foster care system. This is what I witnessed, but this is also what's really going on in our country right now. And, yeah, like you just got to have like small conversations with people, you know, and and part of, you know, if you can help is word of mouth, spreading awareness by, you know, making videos, um, taking classes, uh, training people, um, going to your local police department, local, you know, government places um you know just talking to the people getting get involved in the community like that is the best way to really like you know know about these different things is getting involved in the community getting involved in the schools because a lot of if the corruption is happening in foster care corruption is happening everywhere
0: i agree with you there Uh, it's it's really a shame um i wonder if it was always this corrupt like or in you know I don't know when people started taking in foster children. I'm sure there's some date that, you know, people had been doing this. Um, I just, I, you know, I just don't know. I wonder if they if they take the money out of the equation, say, you know, a kid is, they're gonna take away, you know, like a child being worth $4,000, we'll say, or an adoption being worth $14,000. If they took the money out of the situation, how many foster parents would really be in it to help?
1: I believe it would be very wait. No, I believe it would be very wait, say that again.
0: I'm sorry. Oh, like if they took, you know, um the equi- the money out of it, like a foster kid is say worth, you know, four thousand dollars to a family. Yeah. What if they they said, okay, no one's getting any more money for these kids? So y- you either do it out of love. Or don't do it at all. I wonder um, how many I, people No, no, go ahead, Sarce. Oh, I was, I was gonna say, I wonder how many people would do it for the goodness of their heart and out of love for their fellow man.
1: I mean, I'll be honest, I believe few. Mm-hmm. Because what, what what happens is we have made money our God. We mm-hmm. have made money is something we worship. So if the money is out of the picture, I believe less people are. And that's good because the only reason why I'm saying it's good, it exposes it. It exposes why their motive was to do it in the first place. So that's the only reason, the good reason why I'm saying that. But of course, the bad reason is you're sensitive is to do it for the money. and. Kids don't need it just for the money. They need to know that they have a good support system. They have someone who's going to be there for them, that's going to love on them, nurture them, be there when, they, when they're when they falling, you know, when they scrape their knee. Oh, mom, I need your help. Even if that's not their actual mom or dad, that's okay because they need someone. They need a good support system. Mm-hmm. They need someone who's going to help them no matter what happens in life. They're, they're always there to help them, you know? And I believe that's why God created family families to help each other out to love Mm -hmm. each other
0: to help each other stay accountable so right I mean and even you know uh, grandparents um you know I know like when CPS takes kids away from parents I just want to know why they're not giving them to the fit grandparents that are able to take them and see it, it goes back to the money thing they're giving it to right. the, the child to uh, a group home or foster care.
1: Well, see, that's something I also want to know, too. I do believe it's for the money, but I know for my situation, I was trying to get into my own like uncle or aunt's house, but I was not able to do that. So I don't know why that is either, mm-hmm. besides the money reason you know, um, I mean, I am aware that they have to do like a background check, they have to check the house, make sure it's safe. But, you know, my thing is, I wonder if they even really do that inspection Mm -hmm. for the uh, places that they're putting the kids for the parents that have a bad record, like meaning Mm -hmm. they have like a criminal record or, you know, a record that's not clean. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're really doing a full like Diagnosis of the house. They might just be in and out and be like, "Oh, this house is good. Check it off." You know, uh-uh. and because yeah. that's what they do with the whole like bachelor thing. You can be a foster parent and have whatever bat bachelor or whatever degree. You don't have to have a degree in social work. You don't have to have a degree in you know like government type stuff. You can literally have a degree in anything. And they'll still let that person be a foster parent. Mm-hmm. And I also think that that is not strict enough. Mm-hmm. But, because think about it. If you're working with kids. Like. You don't even understand the impact that you're going to make on their life and how devastating, like, you're going to make their lives. And that's another thing that I that just got brought up to my mind is. I've realized that. I remember when i was in the system they will say that whoever has the kid they're liable for it right but the thing is so the narrative gets switched okay you want to say that about us and the parents and all that but you're doing the same thing so you want to twist the script mm-hmm. i don't i don't get that part either Mm-mm. like you're liable for us but you're making us treat us we're treating us like we're just profit and some like you know, sex trafficker that has to get raped every day or tortured every day. Like, they're literally the ones that are causing that, but they want to say that to the parents that are actually taking care of the kids.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm
1: talking about the good ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, they flip the script. That's what they do. They Mm -hmm. flip the narrative a lot.
0: Yeah, it's really sad. Uh, You know, because some kids are comfortable in a foster home. And then CPS will come and remove them and put them in a different foster home. Why does this happen when they were safe and happy in that one? Why don't you just leave them alone?
1: Well, I think partially what it goes back to is like uh, we were talking about how how the, you know, whatever parent, the victim and then the person that's actually causing the harm. Mm -hmm. They want the They want, you know, the kid to suffer, too. Like what they're doing to the parent, they want the kid to suffer. So, like for me, my my case wasn't like that. Mine was just more so my parents, my adopter parents wanted me to be closer. But what they don't realize is you start getting comfortable at a place. And when you take them out, it 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 affects the kid. Like you have to start off school all over again. <sighs> you have to you know you have to start everything over again therapist you got to find a new therapist you got to find a new counselor you got to find a new school you got to find new everything a new new doctor's office new dentist and, and 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 what happens is if the kid was already there at a uh, of uh, the place they we were originally at that was their schedule now they have to change the whole schedule to something completely and that also puts a toll on a kid a lot too
0: and that adds to more trauma that they have already yes. been through. Now they're going through more. Yes. And I just, uh, I just um, can't believe the world has, is being, uh, going this way. It's just getting worse.
1: Of course.
0: I mean, Rescue it, the Fosters is making it better. It, it's helping to make it better, you know. And I encourage anyone, everyone to donate to Rescue the Fosters because it's they're making a difference in kids lives thank you and and someone has to
1: no we do we do because yes. unfortunately the way that this country is going nobody had well I'm not going to say nobody not a lot of the people that were supposed to help the in the right way are not they're mm-hmm. not really helping us they're taking advantage of us so we got to be someone has to be the one to take the stand and that's why I love that um saying i came up with when i was a kid ever since i was a kid um i'd always thought of the word take a stand Mm -hmm. because i have realized why god gave me that quote take a stand and it's it comes to all the way where i'm at now i'm taking a stand for these kids i'm taking a stand for this country i'm taking a stand for what i believe in which is actually the truth which is the
0: right thing to do Mm -hmm.
1: so yeah
0: yeah, and I'm so glad you're speaking out on this because uh, you're such a beautiful young person speaking out on this, and inspiring other people to do so. And we need this right. because there's so much negative in life. We need and to hear that there's there's still a you know a beacon of humanity out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know. So, you rescue the fosters are shining a light and helping other people that are just you know in the dire straits of foster care and coming out of foster care and trying to get them into college and better their lives yes you know have you had any challenges with trying to help people (laughs) Better their or better their lives when they come out of foster care.
1: Um, I mean, so far, like one of the families we helped, you know, it was actually a good story. Like we were able to end up getting his ID, Mm -hmm. and uh, we were able to end up finding his biological parents, well, his mom, and we end up reuniting them. So, you know, I mean, of course, there's of course there's going to be some challenges, you know, especially like. You know, trying to find a lawyer for some of the cases that we have or trying to find, you know, different resources and things. But also, you know, it, it in a way, it makes it exciting. You know, it, it gives you like a a passion to like, what, man, every day I'm waking up and doing God's work. Like I'm helping a family. I'm, I'm helping, you know, someone that I don't even know who might need help. You know, because I know that there's a lot of people that out here that need help. And I understand why it can be difficult for them to find help because, like I said, people take advantage of them. And that's not what Rescue the Foster is about. We're not about taking advantage of people. Mm -hmm. We're about actually helping the family, reuniting them, helping the foster kids. Like, that's what we're about. We're not about, you know, using your money and we leave you. That's not what we're about. We actually, we also continue the relationship. Like, we still keep in contact with that family, too. So... You know, the, the relationship doesn't just end at when we help the parents, you know, we want to continue the relationship even after that.
0: So Mm -hmm. I think that's really wise. I think that's good. Oh,
1: it is. Yeah. And I still reach out to some of the, uh, the girls I've been mentoring. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I try to keep in tabs and help as much as I
0: can. How many, how many girls are you mentoring?
1: Well, recently, they haven't texted me back. But you know, I was helping at least like, one or two. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was actually helping one of the girls she was in the same foster home that I used to be at. Mm -hmm. And I would just take her out, spend time with her. You know, like, that's all they need is someone to spend time with them to love on them, take them out, help them to see different things for a while, you know, and there were times where I spent the night with her too and was there and helped her out, help her out with finding a job, giving her advice, talking to her about Jesus, things like that. Like we had a good time.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what they need. They need to be taken out of that environment and just, you know, just walk around the mall and look at stuff or, you know, just walk around a park. Yes.
1: And, and also, you know, another thing that I've been working on is trying to tell them their rights. Cause what tends to happen is a lot of the, the kids in the system they don't know their rights so with me being in the system I try to tell them like well if you don't want to take that medication you can refuse it you don't have to take it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's your rights mm-hmm. so you know I try to I would tell her like you know if you don't feel comfortable taking this medicine don't take it
0: because mm-hmm. you're yeah, allowed to re- for- oh I'm sorry go ahead
1: no no I was just saying you're allowed to refuse that was basically all
0: a lot of people, I'm sure, even young people, kids, you know, they think they have to do what they're told, um, and they better, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that they don't know. I, this is they're not living with their own parent, right? That they can have, you know, it, mm, I don't know how to describe it, but they they feel they have to be on their best behavior. Maybe they're walking on eggshells, and they just better do this to keep it, the the peace.
1: Oh yes, I mean that is how a lot of the foster kids um like even especially me like there were moments where I was like oh let me just do this so I don't get in trouble but then again also in reality for me I just didn't want to get a part a part of the drama I was the type I didn't really like drama I tried Mm -hmm. to do the best that I can to flee from it so you know some kids they will just exit themselves out of that situation so for what I mean by that is like they'll use their coping skills. like they'll go on walks they'll listen to music you know like that's what I did I went on walks I played soccer outside of course I still gave advice to the girls but some will listen some won't Mm -hmm. but yes some of them do feel like they're walking on eggshells
0: that's sad that's not that's not living your life
1: it's (laughs) not Because it just goes back to, you know, you're surviving, you're just surviving, you're just trying to do this just so you can get to the next point in your life. And sometimes we have to, like I said, it just goes back to like, there's not enough support. And if there is, it's not really helpful or beneficial. And it's not raw and genuine, it's fake. Mm -hmm. So we got to bring back genuine and raw and, and from the heart.
0: I agree you know bringing the
1: love and the nurture back
0: yeah people have to start looking out for each other and yeah. i know like you said with the trust issue um i i mean i i trust people i don't get in their cars you know right. but but if they have, have advice i've taken advice and thank god i've come out okay Same. You know, If there's any advice you could give, say, a foster parent, what would it be? A foster parent?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the advice I would give is just, you know, advocate for the foster child. Be there for them. Support them. Love them. Give them nurture. You know, if that was your own child, would you treat them the same? Like, you know, treat them the same that you do your own child. Mm Because at the end of the day, It is still a human being at the end of the day. They need the same type of needs that your own kids would need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just support them, like get them involved in different activities, like introduce them and expose them to things that will be very positive, beneficial for that child Mm -hmm. that's going to help them flourish and later down the road in life.
0: Definitely. And what would you, you know, I know you give advice to a lot of foster kids what what's the best advice you could give a kid in foster care
1: um stand up for yourself if you know something is wrong you know talk to somebody that you do trust like you can even talk to me about it um mm-hmm. know your rights um and find ways where you can really just be a better foster child you know like doing different activities and things like that like for me you know I played soccer I, I went to tutoring I did things that would help me mm-hmm. later down too so like doing activities I will help you. the same thing kind of like what I said about the parents too same mm-hmm. thing for a child and know that you're not alone you have people that you have trustworthy per- uh, people that are out here that want to help you, like Rescue the Fosters. And you're not alone in this fight.
0: If if anyone needs to reach Rescue the Fosters, how do they do that?
1: Um, So we're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. It's mm-hmm. all Rescue the Fosters. It's all together. There's mm-hmm. an S at the end. And um also, we have a podcast every Thursdays. At seven thirty on Insight on Rumble, and um, basically we just talk about you know different parents or or children that were in the system that have been affected by CPS, and we just talk about their stories and things like that, and just shed light to people and you know help other people understand their perspective of what they went through and. Also, if you'd like to donate on Cash App, it's Money Sign Rescue the Fosters. Mm -hmm. And um, also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, um, my personal Instagram is uh, K-K-E-M-M-E-T-T-5.
0: And I'll put all that in the podcast notes as well. Oh, go ahead.
1: And we also have a website, my bad. It's uh, www.rescuethefosters.org.
0: And I'll put that in the podcast notes too. And so I'm just so glad I had you on. I've been wanting to have you on for a long time. So I'm glad we did this.
1: Thank you. I'm just, I'm just uh, grateful to be on
0: it. And your,
1: your audience about everything too.
0: Yeah, I'd like to have you back on, you know, if you have any updates with Rescue the Fosters or, you know, anything new pop up. I mean, I do
1: have something new this week. We're actually are helping a family right now. So we'll be going out of town Thursday and Friday to help support her in her case. So,
0: yeah. That's good. Oh, people need that. People don't realize you need support during this time.
1: We do. We do. Because, um... I mean, that's what we're about, advocating, showing up, supporting the family, the foster child. So, yeah.
0: Well, thank God for Rescue the Fosters. And uh, don't jump off. Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I am your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us here in the future with Kajal Emmett from Rescue the Fosters and other exciting guests. Thank you so much, KK. I totally appreciate you. Thank you.